Well, welcome to another edition of the Wellness Coaching Conversation. This is Brian Douglas, and I am thrilled to be here with my fantastic co-host and founder of this estimable podcast, Lori Legault. <laughs> wow, that was like really, you know... I felt like a celebrity for a second there. <laughs> I was digging deep. I was digging deep. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good to connect with you again, Lori. And and just to bring all of our uh, all of our listeners into this, Lori and I were having a little conversation before we started recording uh, that actually led to us deciding to kind of change directions and make it our topic of discussion today because we feel like it's so timely and relevant given the upheaval both within the coaching industry itself and in the larger economy. Um, and that question really is, if I'm a coach, how do I measure my impact? And I think, wow, where do we even start? Yeah. I mean, just talking about my own situation with my own job right now, uh, Brian, you just like totally made me think about something that I had not been thinking about and how I truly need to be tracking some of my successes a little bit more so that I can show my impact. And therefore, when I either want to ask for a raise or I want to look for another position elsewhere or even within the same company, that I am really showing you know, myself to be unique and why somebody might choose me over somebody else. I mean, yeah. you had said when we were talking, you know, a resume isn't really just about your duties and responsibilities. It's showing your impact. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know why I haven't been thinking about that. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I I I see that with a lot of coaches that I work with um is a struggle to even identify what their impact might be. And, and I think that that's where having coaching conversations can really come in, come into play like you and I had, you know, the, uh, because it was clear based on what you were telling me that you were having a major impact on both the stakeholders and the recipients of your coaching services. And then the question really becomes, well, well, how do you measure that? You know, and, and what would that look like? Because maybe, maybe an impact is something simple like uh, customer retention, but maybe an impact is something larger that that's the financial either fallout or, or financial gain and benefit from the work that you're doing. And it doesn't have to be, just the work that you're doing by yourself, it can be part of a collaborative effort. You know, that's that's where I think coaches can struggle because number one, we live a lot of times in the world of possibility and in the world of of kind of intangibles and intrinsic motivations and all that good stuff. But when when we start talking about business and we start talking about results, there there has to be a way to show to document how we move the needle whatever it might be whether it's a1c reduction or whether it's it's weight loss or or whether it's um achieving a certain goal um there it it really 
there's always a way to do it. Even if it's an indirect way, I think it's a critical thing for coaches that are both in private practice and coaches that are working for organizations is to challenge yourself and put that in your in your mindset and try to create some sort of a systemic approach where you're able to along you're asking your your clients to track their progress but to also track your progress helping them create their own progress because whether you like you said are talking to a supervisor about a raise or a promotion or whether you're thinking about getting a new job or whether you're talking about how you've helped other people when you're seeking new clients, you need to be able to provide proof, demonstrable evidence that as a coach, you provide significant value, you know, and, and I use that word deliberately value because it's a, it's a double-edged word, isn't it? You know, because it's like, we think about as coaches, our value is not defined, de uh, defined by how much we're paid. And that is true. Our value is is beyond that. At the same time, there is a financial number that's put to basically everything when you're involved in business. And so it's to it's to have that in your mind that that there's a there's an and not an an or there when we're talking about value that we have our own value that's intrinsic outside of anything financial, and we also have a, a specific very often financial value that can be demonstrated in some way, shape, or form. So I, I just think, holy moly, this is a big, a big topic when you really consider it. Yeah. I mean, what you just said there, it's like, there's almost nothing more valuable beyond our value as a coach and the method methodology and all the things that we do. But when we're looking at our worth in our worth and value in the world as coaches and what we need to continue to move forward. What you just said really defines it. And just mm -hmm. for listeners to understand a little bit more context about you, what you and I were talking about, I know that uh, I think our last episode maybe is when we talked about um, kind of how I got to my current position. And mm -hmm. so for listeners to understand and like almost put a little example to this is that my uh, position is such that I work with medical school students and these students are really working through their basic sciences towards one big goal of passing their first big board exam called the step one exam. Mm. And many students were not doing so hot at the university that I work at. So they were getting to that point of studying for their step one exam and they were burned out from school. They were maybe didn't learn all that they needed to learn because they started school during the pandemic and things changed quite a bit. Yeah, tough. They also, one of the big reasons why students struggle at that time is because the analogy I like to use is that when students start medical school, they are basically drinking water out of a fire hose. Mm as to the amount of information they have to retain from day one. And, you know, some people can do it really well. Others struggle with it. Nonetheless, it's all their same common dream to become a doctor. And so when they get to the point where they need to study for this big board exam, um, a lot of students were, were faced with many challenges. And that is where I speak to a lot of students. 
and my coaching services seem to be doing a pretty good job of helping them get through this very difficult, rigorous time. Now, my work is documented in a system, but the value is not documented mm. very well. Yeah. So the value probably is more so in how many students I'm seeing, but that doesn't really show how many students are being propelled forward and doing well on this exam because of my services. Yeah. That is, I think what I'm not capturing. And that was what we are talking about today. That would probably be really helpful for me to, to show my value and worth moving forward if necessary or when necessary. Mm -hmm. So for coaches who are um, coaching in any sort of coaching environment, you could probably come up with your own similar story uh, as to maybe you have an amount of people you're seeing. Maybe you have, you know, you're, you're capturing some values, but are you capturing the right values? And yeah. how are you going to demonstrate that on paper? Yeah, that's a great point, Lori, because when you were talking about that, what came to mind, you know, short term is thinking about, okay, well, before I took this role as Lori, the coach, maybe um, student attrition was at a certain percentage, and that percentage equated to a certain dollar amount. And then since you took the role, and while you're not the only variable, we talked about that, you're certainly an important part of it. Since you took the role, how has student attrition changed? And then what is the financial outcome of that hopefully positive net change? And then that's something that you track. And then you can think longer term and think, okay, well, what about student success? You know, what was student success? What was the, the university student success rate before I came along? And then what has it become since I started my work? And maybe even track the overall student success rate versus the students that you coach. You know, there, there, there are a lot of different ways that you can collect this sort of data, but as, and it's not complex, that's important because most of us are coaches because we're not engineers, right? I mean, that's just, we need to put that out there. It, it needs to be something that is doable for us as coaches. It's got to be a, a smart goal. Um, but I think that those are so important because when I will my part of this conversation is I've been meeting with and coaching a lot of folks who are looking for work. You know, this is a, a really seismic time in both the coaching world and the, the economy globally. Um, and the coaches that usually are coming to me are ones that are struggling to find interviews, um, let alone jobs, the interviews. And the commonality that I see, one of the primary factors that I see that differentiates them from the folks that are getting the interviews and the jobs is the lack of specificity on their resumes. They're not documenting how they move the needle. They're not showing how they had an impact on either their organization or the people that they were serving. And sometimes you have to be creative to really kind of come up with ways to do it. But there, there are always success stories for every professional coach. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a professional coach that anybody would pay, 
right? So we it might be a struggle to come up with it. And that's where having maybe a coaching conversation with a, a coaching peer could be a great way to help you get out of maybe a mental box and have a different perspective on it. Because I just think there if we're if we're looking for a job or if we are looking for clients or if we are looking for an improvement in our current role, either by position or by pay, then it's up to us to communicate why we should get that that benefit, that outcome. And, and to me, it all comes down to one thing, and that's telling your story. It's one, what is my story? And two, how can I deliver that? How can I tell it succinctly, accurately, and in a compelling fashion? And if you can do that, then you will achieve what it is that you're you're seeking. But if if you fall back on the 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 soft skills or the duties or the responsibilities, that's more of a of a CV, a curriculum vitae, and that's not going to get you the role. It's not going to get you the accomplishments. It's not about competing with other people. It's about differentiating yourself and just saying why why am I so special? Why why did I do so well and why should you take the chance either on me or to have a conversation with me? Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And I mean, just this week on the NBHWC Facebook page, or it might've been LinkedIn, actually, I'm not sure Mm. which one there was a, there was a prompt that said, we've now reached a million certified coaches. Okay. Wow. Through NBHWC. Awesome, right? That's awesome. We love coaches, but that also means the competition is getting larger and larger. So this is a very important conversation to have. Now it there's is. room for there's room for all of us. We all want to be in a different coaching realm or aspect or niche, however you mm-hmm. want to say it. We all have our 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 there's 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 a place for all of us. So it's not like we need to compete in our minds with each other necessarily. But there are going to be other people vying for the position that maybe you are. And so what you're saying is so incredibly important. Um, I definitely think that, you know, my, like my age group, we didn't used to have to point out how we've really made significant impact or changes as much as we do now. It really was just a list of responsibilities and duties before. Right. And you could shine in the interview. It's a mind shift. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could then, because we thought, oh, well, I'll get the interview. And then that's when they'll see me for for who I really am and what I have to offer. Not anymore. Not Not anymore. anymore, Right. You can't even get a phone interview or anything Mm -hmm. anymore very easily. So yeah, that first uh, you on paper is is where you have to shine the most. It sounds like you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to I want to reflect for a moment on the one million coaches. Right. It's interesting because part of me thinks, oh wow, that's a lot, right? But then you think about LinkedIn has over nine hundred million users, and that's not everybody that's in the workforce globally. Oh, maybe 1 million isn't so much. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like having that perspective and context. Um and also I I think what's important for for me to share not everyone 
who is an, a board certified coach or a professional coach will necessarily even work in a specific coaching role. And I think that's another mindset shift that we as coaches need to adopt. And that is that there are a lot of jobs out there, a lot of roles out there that are parallel to coaching that incorporate a lot of the skills and knowledge and capabilities that we have as coaches and allow us to really be the loving and supportive people that we want to be, but don't necessarily just fall within that coaching context. I, I've got a friend who is an amazing coach who just got a job as what's called a CSM, which is a customer success, a client success manager. So basically okay. their job is to work with clients of a business and liaise with them and make sure that their services are being delivered properly and that any issues are being handled. They are they are literally that that communication point and they're able to solve problems and provide solutions and do a lot of what coaches do. And it's an enormous growth industry. And all, all she did, she got a, a certification in it. And then we had to totally revamp her resume so that they understood the strengths and and success that she had as a coach and how it related to that new role. Yeah, and, oh, that makes complete she, sense. Yeah. yeah. So she signed a contract this week, and yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I can see this happening in many different ways. The coaching skills are so valuable for just about everything, Massive. every other profession. I would they think are. that you know, school teachers or school principals and, um, uh, salespeople. I mean, mm. really like almost anyone can benefit in their, in their position from it. So you are right that like those 1 million people are many of them possibly pairing coaching skills with whatever it else, whatever else it is that they choose to do. doesn't mean they're yeah. just purely coaching, like as a, as a, um, the only thing that they're applying those skills towards. But I do see also just conversations on, uh, you know, with the NBHWC, with uh, doctors who are receiving coaching skills and certifications, mm -hmm. things like that. So you're right. So yeah, right. I, I love where this information could potentially get people to just really think in a different way about mm. their resume. And so thank yeah. you, Brian, for bringing this to the forefront and allowing us all to, you know, have some introspection on that importance. And I feel like we can keep coming back to this in future conversations. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad. And, and I just, I'm grateful that you brought up how you're finding that you're, you're feeling more valued and involved as you're growing into your role at work. And, and that really sparked the conversation because again, as coaches, we're, we're focused on the outcomes of the folks we serve, but we forget that those outcomes themselves can benefit us and, and mm -hmm. not from a selfish perspective, but purely from just a strategic or career oriented perspective. And that, that thinking about that and, and having that kind of uh, objective view of our own performance can pay off in a myriad of ways down the road. And plus you just feel damn good about yourself. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you, you start looking at, oh my gosh, I've worked with this many people and I've impacted them in this way. Holy cow. I really, you know, it's like, there's so much self-validation there. Totally is. Yeah. There's self-validation and that whole like 
meaning and purpose that we provide, but also it's not getting any cheaper to live in the world. So, (laughs) so as much as, you know, if I ever, if I want to continue to eat out once in a while, um, it is important to be able to prove that you are also deserving of pay increases and and those yeah. kinds of things because as people who are helping people we tend to overlook sometimes that that is still a really important part of what we do yeah and um i'm saying important part as in being properly compensated is also still important sure and so we have to you know i think that i'm just saying that because people in helping professions like this we tend to go, uh, it's all right. It's okay. Like I'm, you know, cause we get so much value out of helping yes. others that we sometimes undervalue the compensation piece. And that's always something I've struggled with. And so mm. it is, and that is why I wasn't thinking about the importance of tracking the value to be able to, in a sense, sell myself more when needed. Well, I think it's critical, Lori, because you think about it, historically, systemically, people in professions like ours have been compensated with with less money, right? Mm-hmm. And and so in part it's because we're willing to take less because we love the work, but also I think it's because there's been a lack of really empirical demonstrable outcomes to say, hey, this is the value that we provide. So in a sense, if you're doing it for yourself, you're actually impacting the conversation on a much larger level because it may be that either your clients or your supervisor or the or the folks that are running the company don't even fully realize how much of an impact you're having and that you in fact can serve both yourself and the the greater coaching the the coaching uh career you know the the mm-hmm. all the coaches out there i mean i think yeah. it's just it could be a really impactful effort if we all do that as coaches yeah definitely all right well woo good conversation i know <laughs> that was that was a lot on this windy friday <laughs> <laughs> well we'll be back again with some more very important conversations to come so uh so i guess we'll say goodbye brian so goodbye to you and to everybody else for today. Absolutely. It's always great connecting with you, Lori. And again, thank you so much for bringing up this topic. It, it's something I think we're both passionate about. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I appreciate all the listeners and we will be back soon. Yep. All right. Adios. Take care. <laughs>